the winner of Expediter of the Year for 2018 is none other than Tim Paxton. This is Overdrive Radio. I'm Todd Dills. What I wanted to highlight in the clip you heard at the top wasn't just the reality of the show floor at Expedite Expo. Their owner-operator Tim Paxton was named Expediter of the Year at the tail end of the two-day event in Lexington. It's the cheers that followed his name being announced, a sizable contingent on hand from a group of fellow cargo van expediting owner-ops he's brought along with him for his tour through the industry via a YouTube channel and, lately, a Facebook group we talked about at the show. Here he is starting out with the name of that group, now 1,800 plus members strong. Transportation like wheels, wings, and rotors. Okay. It's basically wheels, obviously, trucks, vans, uh, the wings for planes, and uh, rotors for boats. We have, we have people from all aspects, but we focus on expert. My brother and myself, and uh, a year or two back, uh, a couple other folks that were that were part of it one time, we all brought it together, and my brother and I have since kind of taken it by the horns and ran with it. It's, it's growing. Cool. It's pretty good. And we also do YouTube things, so we've got a lot of people in from YouTube. You can find the group on Facebook, search Transportation Life, Wheels, Wings, and Rudders, and Tim Paxton's on YouTube under the, quote, My Life's Ventures channel he runs. Before we get to my full talk with Paxton, I wanted to follow up briefly on my talk last week telling the story of the demise of the 120 company and its 120 trucking venture, where its one leased owner-operator unit owned by Lee and Lisa Schmidt had difficulty getting paid what they were owed as 120 shut down between May and June. In that report last week, I mentioned that company founder and former president Christian Schink, who wholly owned 120 trucking, said he expected the Schmidts, quote, would be happy, end quote, with regard to remaining payment more than $4,000, according to the Schmidts, by the end of the week. The end of last week, mind you. When I reached out to Lee this week, he'd not heard a peep from Christian Schink, he said, and as far as he was concerned, was still owed 4000 by the company. So much, I guess, for expectations of happiness. Without further ado now, here's the expediter of the year, Tim Paxton, who starts with his answer to the question of just how long he's been in the business of hauling. Owner-operator Tim Paxton runs lease to Barrett Direct Line out of Arkansas, an expediting carrier. Expediting? It's only been like two, two and a half years. Okay. She says three. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in transportation pretty much out of the womb. Old man's a, a flatbed steel hauler. Okay. So we've been in trucking our whole life. Right. Out of Ohio. Yeah, there? out of yeah. Ohio, yep. That was. And uh, that was something I was supposed to do. And I, I, I went and I got my CDLA. I did everything. But it's just not, at this point, it's not in me. I yeah. just, I, I'd, I'd much rather the van or... I thought about going to a straight truck at some point, but I'm comfortable where I'm at. Did you do the? Did you uh, work as uh, trucking for quite a while? Or? I did with my father for a while. Yeah. But then I I transferred over. I mean, years later, obviously, to a tanker job. I drove tanker for seven or eight yeah, years, okay. and then I stumbled into expediting. Okay. And yeah. How did that happen? Expediting. Yeah. Uh, my brother. My brother was in it. Alan Paxton. Okay. Yeah. He and, uh, he, he owned was, a van too, or yep. he yeah, he owned a E series, uh, just a regular cargo van, yeah. and 
he had he had talked to me about it, you know, off and on for a year or so, maybe a year or two, and it didn't really spark an interest. And then one one time, sometime later, six months, a year later, I was having a rough spell at my current job. Just got me at the right time. Yeah. I decided to look into it. Okay. He told me what I needed and what I needed to do, and I just went with it. One of the sort of areas of interest, uh, the reasons that people are interested in the vans is the the seeming ease of sort of startup, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you just go, you, the equipment is, costs much less. Uh, if you, you know, want to be an owner-operator and run a, run a business, um, and there's a lot, there's a lot few, sort of fewer things that you need to do in terms of uh, uh, licensing and, and uh, right. the regulatory stuff that you have to keep up with when you're uh, behind the wheel of a big truck. Tell me, tell me about how you um, kind of started up and uh, what, what kind, what kind of, what kind of van did you? Well, I started the same thing. Uh, um, uh, two thousand, I think it was a two thousand twelve. Four forty series. Was it new? No, no, no. Oh, it, was, it was like five years old. Okay, yeah. okay. And um, yeah, I bought it off a dealership lot used. It had like I want to say seventy, eighty thousand miles on it already. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just went out and bought the van off the lot. I got your typical normal insurance at that point just to get it off the lot, and then yeah. we had to go in and get some commercial insurance. And but but that's you know back up a little bit. That's that's yeah. the People, their, their view of getting into this is kind of skewed, and that's why you get a lot of failures and turnover rate in the van industry because they think it's that easy. Yeah. Because people come into it, I, I tell this story often, they come into it with no money. They come into it with no knowledge. They come into it with nothing. They just, oh, I'll just buy a van and start loading. That's not how it works. Right, right. You mentioned um, you're in a van, you're always going to be under ten, under 10,000 pounds. and. That's uh, the whole vehicle. That's the vehicle. The whole vehicle, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the so, load is basically three or under. Yeah, which is, if the load is three, if the load is three or under, does that keep the that keeps the entire vehicle under ten thousand under pounds, ten, yeah, always. Yep. So you're never gonna have to keep a log. No sir. So, you you, meant, you did mention to me that there's a lot of companies out there that take advantage of that in a big way. Oh yeah, very much so. The the ELDs and everything, all the mandates were implemented into the trucking industry because of what we're experiencing now in the van industry. The truckers were having lots of wrecks. They were falling asleep at the wheel, you know, killing people. And it, not saying that they were, you know, foolish or anything. Just they were being pushed by these companies, go, go, go. And then here you have it years later, now they're under ELDs. And, you know, they just mentioned it in that meeting head, you know, vans are higher risk than the trucks are now. Why do you think that is? Yeah, higher crash rate. That's what uh, you know, one of the carrier in there was talking said that. And then um, you know you can maybe draw those lines between those things, but um, I wonder as so much uh, so much angst over the over the imposition of ELDs, particularly among my audience and most of most of the guys that read what I do are owner operators, and mm -hmm. um, you know a lot of them. Uh, uh, less likely to to be pushed by outside force, but perhaps push themselves a little. You know, if, if anybody's pushing them, it's uh, well, in a lot of cases anyway, right, not right. not universal. But they, yeah, they're yeah. they're the ones pushing themselves. And but I take the point, and and I'm just curious, you know, for you, like, how do you manage your fatigue My and time and time on the road? Like, how how much do you run? Like, how much, 
Well, well what's, what's it, a typical load for you? I mean, those kinds of questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, like I had a load. I'll give you a couple of different examples. I had a load yeah. the other day. It was um, 1,700 miles. I can't remember how many miles. I think it was 1,700 miles. Anyway, regardless, I had three and a half days to get it there. And there's some drivers out there that don't care. They don't care if they have that much time. Oh, I'm going to get it there. I'm going to get it there. I can get it there. I'm good. I'll get it there. Just keep going. And then they wreck. Yeah. You know, me, I have that three and a half days. I'm just going to catch to get it there. I'm going to yeah. get some good rest at night, six, seven, eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I'm good. Sure, sure. And then, you you know, you've got, on our typical weekly basis, we normally get anywhere from 400 to eight, 900 miles. The, the load is regularly falls within that mile range. But people say, well, that's not that many miles. How could that be dangerous? Well, because if they call you, at five o'clock in the afternoon, hey, I got a 700 mile load I need you to do and it's direct. We have to run from five o'clock all the way until eight o'clock at next morning sure. to get it there. No break. Now it's different, rewind that clock. They give you that same load at 10 o'clock in the morning. Now you've got time. You can get a break and a rest, but that's typically not how it happens. No. They give it to us late in the evening, tell us go, 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 there's no stop. Typically, I'm going to speak on most companies, they're only giving an hour or two at the most. Sometimes not even that. And, th and that's, you know, and that's the nature of expediting, right? Like right. That's, that's, that's what they want you to do. You know, a lot of guys, they, myself included, I've been guilty. A lot of us sit around, we talk, and we say, well, that's how we're making money. That's how we're able to get away with this and, and make these hundreds of thousands and is that, where's that money going to be useful in the end when you're not there to spend it? My wife and daughter, are they going to give a shit about that money if I'm gone? No, they're not. I mean, you got to look at the bigger picture. <laughs> right. This is, not, uh, this is not a typical kind of, uh, typical load kind of business, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's weeks where I can get called every other day with only a two, 300-mile run, but there's typical weeks where I'm getting seven, eight, 900-mile runs thrown at me every two days. You know? yeah. And they're being thrown at me at awkward hours of the day. And we try to preach the gospel to all the drivers, man, at noon, one o'clock, if you ain't got a load, go to sleep. Yeah. I can't go to sleep. Force yourself. Go to sleep. Because they're going to call you. Right. And when they do, you gotta, you got to be rested. You get up in the morning, you probably have a routine. You put your, you know, you put right. your socks on first, and then your pants, and then your shoes. Right. Same thing. you got to be in a routine every day. You know, getting up, okay, I need to get, like me, I'm an early riser. I normally get up by 6, 6.30. And by noon, one o'clock... I'm feeling it. I can yep. take a nap. Yep. So I'll make myself take a nap because I'm afraid that call is going to come in. And if you're already driving, um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're already driving at that point, no, no, you you keep going. Just keep mean, going, yeah. Yeah, if they, which I love when they come with early loads, you know, eight, nine, ten in the morning, because I know at that point there's going to be no harm come to me. I'm going to get it there, no problem. Right. You know, it's just driving throughout the afternoon, part of the evening. You're there. In terms of the. Uh, yeah. You know, the economics of the, the whole van side of things, mm -hmm. um, I think you mentioned um, you mentioned that rates are pretty typical in the Midwest area where, where it's, you know, where you're often running um, at uh, about 90, 95 cents a mile to, uh, to you, to the truck. I keep wanting to say to the truck. Right, right, right. To yeah. the van. And, uh, and, you know, they can be less, uh, more or less in different areas, but... Um, when it comes to like you know your costs and everything else, how do, when when you think about the sort of net income that comes out of this for you, how 
do you have a good sense of what your net income per mile would be? Or your cost? What's a cost per mile for a van too? I'm just curious. If you if you have that, you know. Right, right. If you have an idea of that kind <clears throat> my, of. My 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 brother keeps ridiculous notes. While owner operator Paxton couldn't immediately spit out the cost per mile number, his wife. Shauna noted the business average cost per mile last month was 34 cents per mile, including fixed costs. Rates vary depending on the load and the customer and his agreement with the leasing carrier, but if a running average of above 90 cents per mile is reality, that's business income of 56 cents per mile on average, at least. I turned the conversation then back to equipment costs, asking about Paxton's original van, but his response reflected his current powered equipment, a 2017 Ford Transit he bought new. $40,000 and change? It was $40,000 used? No. That, no, that's oh, $40,000. Oh, my initial van. Yeah, your initial, yeah. That van, $27,000. Okay. That's... But I'm now in a Ford Transit, though, at 17. Okay. Gotcha. And that one was $40,000. You buy used as well? No, no, no. Brand new. Captain the ship dynamics for car van drivers with larger fleets and expediting in the push and pull with back office dispatch and very common load tracking systems employed now, then rid their heads in the conversation. With Paxton ultimately revealing what's a long-term goal of his, that I imagine might sound familiar to a lot of you. We break back in here though with a question about what I've heard routinely about with cargo van operators, for whom parking can be more of an adventure than the burden it is for the tractor trailer on their ops in many, many areas. Do you take uh, the opportunities afforded to aren't always available to the uh, to the class 8 drivers out there and kind of get around and sort of uh, uh, lay over in non-traditional locations check oh. out the places that you're in those kinds of things very much so which I won't disclose my locations because I don't want people ruining it for me <laughs> but I will tell you the ones that a lot of them already know about um, there are the rare occasions you'll you'll sleep behind a, a nice hotel, you know, be at the Hilton, you know, you'll pull in their parking lot because they don't they don't check or anything. Right. But you just park in their back parking lot, put your shades up, and have a good night's sleep in a nice, safe, secure location. No noise. Right. You know, truck stops. You got Jake brakes. You got car doors, alarms, all hours of the night waking you up. You know, and I just I don't sleep at them. I don't do truck stops. Okay. Not at all, huh? No. No. Very rare occasion where I'm forced to, if I'm out in farm country somewhere and there's just a truck stop that I have to use, then. Yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. Um, State parks, any stuff, any things of that? Things only of that during nature? the days because those normally close by 8, 9 o'clock yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do the, uh, those little park and ride, share rides. There's parking lots offside of the interstate. Those are all free. Park there. Right. Nice and quiet, no trucks, you know, it's all automobiles. Right. I mean, yeah, even there, though, you get the same thing, people coming and going, car doors slamming, but... Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot of other places that I go. Like I said, I don't want to say nothing about those. Sure. I don't want them to get ruined, because what happens, it goes from one person to another, before you know it, 10,000 people know about it, and they're leaving trash, throwing piss jugs everywhere, mm. or... and. They close it off to and then, you. And then it's, uh, then it's all over with. Yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting because you'd think people would be cleaner now, but <laughs> they just abuse it, man. Yeah. And I try not to. I, I Well, not try. I, I'm not that way at all. 
Don't don't leave a footprint. Right? No, no. Be very quiet. Stay out of people's eyes. Don't let them even know you're there, because the whole reason you're there is to sleep. Where uh, where do you feel like you're you're going with this? You've been doing it for for a couple years now. Couple, is that three right? Years, yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like you're 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 sticking with this for for a good long while, or what are you thinking about? Well, as far as my current position, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to stay a contractor to to whom I'm signed on with, yeah. and. But my long-term goal is to, you know, one day uh, continue with our, our own authority and okay. our own rights and do our own thing. Right. As and a, pursue our own customers and, and right. maybe work off a bid board or two, but eventually get out on our own. And we're not, there's no giving part of the pot to someone else. It's all ours. Right, right. That's where we'd like to be. So out, kind of outside of the... Uh the kind of fleet owner model that we hear about here so mm -hmm. much uh, in expediting where you have, uh, you're still in bed with a, a larger entity. Yeah. Right, yeah. So out there doing it, uh, but are you thinking with vans expediting or what? Yeah, just my, my van. I, I'm strictly thinking myself and I might dip my foot into to adding another van, but I'm, I'm more concerned with just doing it myself. Okay. My brother, however, he's, he's wanting to do fleets and get multiple vans. He's more comfortable with that kind of stress, and right. which I'm not. Okay. i just rather worry about myself. Is there a large uh, community of, of uh, van operators out there doing it with their own authority? Not a large. Yeah. Not a lot of them understand how to get involved in it. Yeah. They don't understand what's the technical sides of it. I mean, I didn't even understand. That's you know, my wife and my brother, you know, we all got together and talked about it and figured it out through it networking and talking with other people and finally got everything you know figured out okay that's what we need to do when the time comes.